Hey man, we got to do something to keep these people satisfied. Come on, hit me! Uh. Come on, we got to raise the vibration so these people feel it! Uh. Pick it up! What's your agenda? Will you 
contender Challenge your contender Verbalize, verbalize this vocal mind bender Set your sights high, come on, do what you intend to do Follow you, don't let that hollow you swallow you Keep your chin up so that others might follow you We lead by example, opportunities ample Want the whole pie, but we just get the sample Just a little taste of the feeling inside And leave a wanting more, cause we're never satisfied
let the moon folks that was Kenny Crowley and his band sense of wonder before that satisfied and before that love and pride good stuff Mr. Crowley very nice to meet you today hope to see you again soon maybe have you come on the show perform some stuff if we can the grand finale there in Star Wars Great choice of background music to accompany Frosty Nugs. Uh, mm, not much to say right now. Other than I'm starving. If anyone wants to come down to the studio and bring me some pizza. I am here for a while. Uh, also, give me a call. I was hoping to play our game, but... Uh, I don't know. We haven't had any callers yet. We'll see. 415-550-0511. MutinyRadio.fm. Tune in live on .fm. MutinyRadio.fm. Uh, or download the podcast. Um, ever growing strong here at Mutiny. No matter how many attacks we face, the energy here is astounding. And it just is getting stronger and stronger. Uh... It's been a great couple of days for myself around these parts. All sorts of great people stopping through. Great music being made. Jokes, laughter, food, drinks, you name it. Overall good times, always. I'm confused, is this the part with Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker? Or... Luke Skywalker and Yoda. Either way. 
Uh, I think we're going to get back into the music. And let's see if anyone calls who wants to play notes from a two-girl sexual DJ. I'd love to have you win some tacos. Sponsored by Taqueria Cancun, as always. Everyone's favorite taqueria with locations all around San Francisco. My personal favorite down here in the Mission, not too far from the studio, 19th. Admission to be exact. Let's get it going. Once there was a little black colt. He lived in a green and pleasant meadow with his mother. There were other colts there too, and he had great fun galloping and romping around the field with them. One day, when the playing became rather rough, with much biting and kicking, his mother whinnied to him and said, These are very good colts, but they have not learned manners. I hope you will grow up to be gentle and good. Always do your work with a will. Lift your feet up well and never bite or kick, not even in play. The little colt never forgot her advice. <coughs> the colt played in the fields until he was full grown. He grew big and strong, with a pretty white star on his forehead, one white foot, and a soft, shiny black coat. One day, Squire Gordon saw how handsome he was and decided to buy him. I will wait until he's well broken in, he said. The horse's master replied, I'll break him in myself, so he won't be frightened or hurt. Patiently, he taught the young horse how to hold a bit and wear a bridle. He fed him oats and talked softly to him as he put on the saddle. Then he taught him to carry his master, to wear a harness, and to pull a little cart. When the man from Squire Gordon's came for him, the master said, Goodbye. Be a good horse and always do your best. Thus, the young horse left his first home.
other horses, Merry Legs, a fat, jolly, dappled gray pony, and Ginger, a tall chestnut. They all became great friends. The first time the new horse carried his master, he remembered his mother's advice and did exactly what Squire Gordon wanted. Mrs. Gordon and their two little girls were at the door when they came back from the ride. 
We couldn't want a better horse, Squire Gordon told them. What shall we name him? He's really quite a beauty, said Mrs. Gordon. What do you say to calling him Black Beauty? Very good, said the squire. Black Beauty shall be his name. And so it was. Black Beauty enjoyed many happy years at Squire Gordon's. 
He loved his master and his mistress and their children, and he enjoyed carrying them on his back or drawing them in the cart. He also loved John Manley, the coachman who drove them when he and Ginger were put in double harness in the big carriage. One day, a new stable boy named Joe Green came to help John. He was young, but he was willing and wanted to learn. Soon after Joe came, Mrs. Gordon became suddenly ill in the night. John saddled Black Beauty quickly, and off they went for Dr. White. It was a long, hard run through the village, over the hill, on past woods and fields, eight long miles at a full gallop. Dr. White was in bed, but he dressed quickly, mounted Black Beauty, and dashed back as fast as the tired horse could go. John, the groom, walked all the way back. When the doctor and Beauty returned, little Joe Green took care of the weary animal. But he didn't know that Black Beauty should have had a blanket. And he let him drink much too much cold water. By morning, the poor horse was terribly sick. Had a disease, he robbed another and another and a sister and a brother. Tried to rob a man who was a DT undercover. The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic. He said, Keep still, boy, no need for static. Punched him in his belly and he gave him a slap. But little did he know the little boy was strapped. The kid pulled out a gun, he said, Why you hit me? The bow was set straight for the cop's kidney. The cop got scared, the kid he starts to figure. I'll do years if I pull this trigger. So he cold dashed and ran around the block. Cop radios into another lady cop. He ran by a tree. There he saw the sister Shot for the head He shot back But he missed her Looked round good And from expectations He decided he'd hit For the subway stations But she was coming And he made a left He was running top speed Till he was out of breath Knocked an old man down And swore he killed Sorry. him Then he made his move To an abandoned building Ran up the stairs Up to the top floor Opened up a door There guess who he saw who? Dave the dope fiend Shooting dope Who don't know The meaning of water Nor soap He said I need bullets Hurry up Run The low light broke Like this dope machine gun He went outside But there was cops all over Then he dipped into a car A stolen Nova Raced up the block Doing 83 Crashed into a tree Near university Escaped alive Though the car was battered Rat-a-tat-tatted And all the cops scattered Ran out of bullets And he still had static Grabbed the pregnant lady And pulled out the automatic Pointed out her head He said the gun was full of lead He told the cops Back off For honey here's dead Deep in his heart He knew he was wrong So he let the lady go And he starts to run on Uh-huh Siren sounded, he seemed astounded, and before long the little boy got surrounded. He dropped his gun, so went the glory, and this is the way I have to end this story. He was only 17 what? in a madman's dream. The cop shot the kid, I still hear him scream. 
this ain't funny, so don't you dare laugh. Uh -huh. Just another case about the wrong path. Uh -huh. Straight and arrow on your soldiers cast. Good night, good night, good night. Knock them out the box. Knock them out, bro. in studio with reigning champion of notes from a two-girl sex show DJ, Dalen Poland. That's right. Dalen Poland. I don't know if you, you any of uh, any of us heard that. Okay, so uh, yeah, I'm sitting here. A special guest. Love this neighborhood. People just always dropping by. You know, you never know what hour. Mr. Dalen Poland, reigning champion of Notes from a Two-Girl Sex Show DJ, our infamous um, uh, call-in, listener call-in game show. I'm sponsored. back. Yeah, sponsored by Takaria Cancun. This is, uh, again, another day of firsts. We have never had a returning champion come to play again. Where's my perfect robe? Timing. Did you forget my robe? I dropped it off. Supposed to be dry cleaned. Oh, my God, I did. I totally forgot to pick it up. Uh, that's okay, because we know you'll be back again. In fact, it's almost like Jeopardy, where every time you win, you just keep coming back the following week until you finally lose. <laughs> uh, maybe we can make that happen like that. Uh, just doing a little typing here, and we're gonna we're gonna get to that game. Right on time. Perfect timing at uh, 1.40, 20 to the hour here. Are you getting a little... Our background music today has been Star Wars themed. I'm not exactly sure what point this is here. Oh, there we are. What do you think? What scene was this? What scene was this? Oh, this is... Opening credits? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's something close, though. It, it's like an overture, I think. It's an overture. All right, so we're gonna we're getting our stuff set up here uh, for notes from a two-girl sexo DJ. So, Dale, what's new in your life anyway? Uh, what's been happening? How's the restaurant? Fantastic. The bar? Getting my last week until I take off to Bali. Oh, Bali! That so, should be that's fucking, fucking exciting. Beautiful. Uh, where, what, what are you I'm, doing there? I might bring my own notes back from... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. What are you doing in Bali? You know, beach time. 
Just chilling. You going surfing? I'm not a surfer, but I'll probably I'll probably hit the waves. It's world class break, so how can I not swim out there and get my head thrown into the sand? Totally. At least once or twice, right? Ah, totally. I am uh, not much of a surfer. I tried. I could never get uh, you know. I couldn't stand up. I could get like to my knees, and then it was done. You know. Got to do your push-ups. Yeah, you really do. You really do. All right, folks. It is 1:40, and it is that time. Notes from a two-girl sex show DJ <laughs> with Dale in Poland, reigning champion. I'm back. Got my gloves He's on. Back. That's right. I am your host, Frosty Nugs. Damn it, Poland, are you ready to play? I'm warming up. I did my jumping jacks, my push-ups, I'm ready. All right. Well, we are uh, almost there. <laughs> we'll let the music, you know, the theme music is good, so we let that play for a minute. Really let people soak up the, you know, entertainment value. Here, <laughs> So the two girls actually DJ. All right. Okay, here it comes. Oh, that was it, wasn't it? All righty. I always do that part, though. <laughs> Our game show doesn't have commercials. That is ridiculous. All right. <laughs> I didn't expect this music, but hey, we'll go with it. The time was 4 p.m. It was 4 p.m., folks. In the audience, we had three to five people. Three to five. Three to five. They were coming and going, you know. Three to five. They really were poor tippers. They they left after one song, actually. Uh, it wasn't much of a show. Uh, the performance, it tried to really get going, but there really was, like, no show, no customers. And what normally is a two-song set was actually cut off after one song. Ooh. Now, Dalen. The plot thickens. You tell me what were the tips. $27. folks. He says $27. I'm sorry. No! You did not no. win. But I have good news. Because you are a returning champion, we're going to give you a second chance because that was actually a trick question. The DJ never found out what the tips were, so we didn't even know. Yes. That's right. Just messing around Technical here. Technical win. <laughs> Technical win. Technical win. I still got my belt on. That's right. We're going to give you a second chance. Let's see if you can redeem yourself. <laughs> now that's better. Double or nothing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The time was 2.31 p.m. Ooh. on a Monday. Ooh. In the audience, there was one to four people 
only one of them in the front row and much, not much excitement or tips. The performance was hot for what it was, you know, slow but lively together, always great partners, true professionals. Daily Poland, you tell me, what were the tips? I love watching- $42, $42. $42. $42. I'm sorry. God damn it. Oh, once again, a big loser here on Notes from a Two Girls Sex Show DJ. Uh, what were the tips? The, were, the tips were, let me get to that for you here. The tips actually were a mere $17. Oh, wah, wah. Not much People action. don't know how to fucking tip, do they? No, no, you know, it was 231 I tell people every time, you know, a real key factor to this game, I think, is the time. And people are really, like, concentrating on maybe the performance or the audience, or they hear that word tips. But they forget that it's 2.31 p.m. on a Monday. Now, who the hell goes to a strip club at 2.31 p.m. on a Monday? Hungry people. Apparently, a lot of people, <laughs> I, I found out. Uh, a lot of dirty old retirees, you know what I mean? Well, that was excellent. That was an excellent segment. Uh, I was so happy you stopped by to play. That was Unbelievable timing. I know. On your I, part. I personally tipped like thirty bucks during that show. So <laughs> I think your notes are wrong. Yes. Next time you go, you let me know. <laughs> who who's pocketing money? Who who's pocketing money on this shift? Um. Uh. No names. Uh. But two lovely ladies. I think someone was skimming money because. It was actually a jungle fever variety, so we had one lady of color and one lady <laughs> of no color at all. Totally white. Bland. <laughs> totally bland. That was excellent. That was excellent. Uh, Dale, you got anything you want to hear musically? Because we're wide open here. Drop, drop that funky beat, DJ. Drop some funky beats? All right. We got a couple tunes, and coming up at 2 o'clock is uh, our new segment we just started last week called Set 2. As I'm going into Set 2, we're going to start playing classic Set 2s. That's right, live performances from bands such as Fish, The Grateful Dead, Disco Biscuits, The Allman Brothers, many more. Any band that is uh, used to performing uh, two set style shows, we are going to showcase spectacular second set sets. You know what I'm saying? And that is set two. That's coming up at 2 a.m. Uh, keeping that Star Wars in the background. You didn't. You couldn't use the force to feel out those tips today. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't. Shitty fucking tippers. I tell you, those ladies, Shitty they use the force. <laughs> those ladies use the force when it comes to getting those tips. How off. long was the show? How long are these shows? Usually they do two songs. So if it's really rocking, they would maybe go to three or four, but that has to be pretty rocking, you know? Um, it's, it's uh, you know, it's usually two songs. Uh, we had a couple on this particular day. Uh, <laughs> one song, half a song, because there was just like no one there. It was really slow. That happens from time to time. Well, you know? no one else has ever ever won, so. No, that's I right. am still. You're still champion. champ. Yeah, you're still I champion. I am fucking the champ. Um, we want some funky stuff. I have been kicking it pretty funky today. Had some James Brown. Uh, how about this guy? I don't. 
I don't know. I don't know what song to play from them. Let's go with uh, let's go with this one here. Yeah, that looks beautiful. Uh, we're gonna keep it funky with Dell, the funky Homo sapien mastermind, coming at you. Producing the blueprints, clueless automator, defy the laws of nature. Electronic monolith, throw a jam upon the disc. The futuristic loop it with the quickness. Hyper producing hydrogen fusion liquids. Keep your Thanks to weeks of loving care, 
Beauty was nursed back to health, but it was a long time before he was quite well again. Black Beauty's speed and strength had saved Mrs. Gordon's life, but her doctor said she would have to move away to a warmer country. Everyone was very sad when the house was closed, and Black Beauty and Ginger were sent to an estate called Earlshall Park, where they drew the carriage for their new mistress. They were treated well enough, but there was one careless groom. Late one night, this groom was galloping Black Beauty home from the village over a stony road, when one of the horse's shoes came off. The stones hurt the bare hoof dreadfully but the groom whipped Black Beauty on at such speed that the horse stumbled and fell violently on both knees, sending his rider sprawling. Beauty's knees were badly bruised. Even after he had been put out to pasture for several months, his knees were still so swollen that his master couldn't use him. So, Black Beauty was sold to a livery stable. Now Black Beauty discovered how many different kinds of people there are in the world. He was rented to anyone who had the price of a few hours' drive. Some drove him well, but others drove him badly, whipping him up steep hills and never allowing him to rest. Poor Black Beauty. He was becoming so worn out that he could scarcely do his work. So the owner of the livery stable had to put him up for sale at the horse fair. There.
We are cool, kicking it live here. Just about the top of the hour. I am your host, Frosty Nugs. We are getting ready for set two. Set two tonight, we got coming up in set two will be the Grateful Dead, New Year's Eve 1977 from the Winterland Arena in San Francisco, California. Which is where we are, San Francisco, California. A beautiful place. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all was there. This was my birth year, so I was not there. I was a little young. But I think my mom could have been there, but she wasn't much of a hippie. Neither was my dad, I don't think. I don't know. Not much dead going on. Uh, my aunts, some of my aunts and uncles were more into the dead than my parents. Where'd that come from? I don't know. I came from the fact that I'm kind of, I'm kind of hippie-ish. Yeah, I, I definitely, I had to have had a milk menu. Anyway, top of the hour in about a minute. So I'll just keep talking for about a minute. Uh, throw some shout outs. Uh, Mikey Valentino, check his show out, 3M Squared. That's 8 to 10 on Mondays. Also, uh, the Jive Hive with Honeycomb Brown, awesome soul flavor. Uh, before us, our lead-in, 10 to 12 on Mondays. And of course, the Joke Workshop, which was with Pam Benjamin, but I think might be uh, switching up. We'll see who takes hold of the Joke Workshop. We're ready. Let's kick it in, gear, set two. New Year's Eve, 1977, from the Winterland Arena. This is the Grateful Dead.
this song. My turn-ons are sad sheets. I like to pee outdoors. You should follow me on Twitter. Let's watch. It's jokes to car Not duh like duh. Oh, that's funny. It's duh like French. So it's jokes to Carl. Follow me now. With my Uh, thank you very much. Uh, this is Yeah, that's the name of our show. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Ready to roll. I'm going to pronounce La Waffle No End Aunt. <laughs> Got it. There's no end at the end. I added that. La Waffle Met. La Waffle Mott. La Yeah, obviously. Well, it's it's short for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. We stream first on MutinyRadio.fm every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with a great uh, collections of shows on Sunday. Before us is The Edge of Insanity with Paul Brumbaugh. And then there's usually some uh, great stuff. Our station manager... Bam Benjamin does on at four o'clock. So uh, the only sponsor today is Muni Radio. Go ahead to Venmo and uh, throw in some bucks to donate to Muni Radio at Muni Radio. So we want you also to go to YouTube to fully experience this podcast. Sure, we have a Twitter site called LWAFLMOYT. Sure, we have a great YouTube channel which has an advanced episode. More on that at the end of the show. Right. Already posted at WAFLMOYT. And we have uh, our Facebook page at Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. Oh, it does not flow off my tongue. Uh, Carl, what is the movie today? What are we watching? Okay. Today we will watch A Night in Casablanca, 1946. Casablanca? A Night in Casablanca, 1946. It's not like A Night of the Round Table. You type A-N-I-G-H-T in Casablanca, and that's castle like a house, C-A-S-A. And Blanca, like white, uh-huh. B-L-A-N-C-A, one word, Casablanca, 1946. And we like right. the channel Groovy Movies. Oh, I like that rhyme. <laughs> okay, I'm subscribing to them. So go ahead to find A Night in Casablanca, 1946, Mark's Brothers Comedy, and that's Brothers Short. You click the link, courtesy of Groovy Movies. Hit pause immediately, get that slider to zero, 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 and we want to watch this movie. Let us watch this movie all together. So we want to count down and hit go at the same time, and we are so honored to have none other than the host of the previous podcast, The Edge of Insanity, which is available as a podcast or listen live at noon, um, Paul Brumbaugh. Paul, great to have you here. Oh, that's right. Paul's not here, but we have in his place. The Prince Proxy of uh, preening and numerals. <laughs> but you give it up for the Paul Brumbot. Here we go, folks. You know the drill. Here we go, folks. You know the drill. Get your finger over that little triangle. Get your finger over that little triangle. But here we go, folks. You know the drill. Get your finger over that little triangle, and in three, 
Very excited. Oh, the Marx Brothers. Mm-hmm. We're going to riff comedy for a comedy tonight. And there it is. Do you see him? There's Chico. <laughs> right there in the opening credits. With his rent-a-camel. Did you see Chico? Yeah, and he's there. He's He is a rent-a-camel guy. He's a... He he owns he owns Yellow Camel. Oh, that's the camel company that he runs. Right. They can yeah, I heard it's really a lot. Oh, there's a checker. Yeah, uh, I prefer Yellow Camel because the phone number is always the same, just one digit. It's easy to remember. But Checker Camel isn't yellow. They'll go anywhere. Well, don't you call, uh, I mean, honestly, I usually just call a camel Uber. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uber camel. In today's day and age? Or, well, I used to, well, back before, before times, I used to take a uh, Uber camel uh, pool, and it would be six of us on the camel. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You, you guys really needed a dromedary. Yeah, we had to do a dromedary, but no one was really talking about it. Whoa. Oh, that's him. Whoa. What happened? That was a uh, near the hotel. Don't order what that guy had. Mm-hmm. He's the manager of the hotel. It's a one star. There's my uh, review. Get, call me a camel Uber. The poison is excellent today, sir. <laughs> I'll have what he's having. Poison it is. <laughs> There's Man, this is more shady characters. Uh, so they're the bad guys. Yeah, this is what, you know, like these movies, like when they, the Marx Brothers started making movies later on, you barely got to them. You just wanted to see a Marx Brothers. So it's cool to see Chico up front and then go to this boring story, you know, get the exposition. Yeah, well, they're trying to look like, uh, okay, so at first this movie was all going to be a spoof on Casablanca. And. Oh, the movie Casablanca. Yeah. But in right they now, were fully aware. Oh, listen. You see, he said, round up all likely suspects. That's as close as we get to the Casablanca movie. Ah, uh, the usual suspects. Yeah, right. Even <clears throat> now, even bold. Here's a funny Spacey. gag. I got to interrupt uh, you because this is one of the funniest gags in the whole movie. He's like, what are you holding hey, up? Hey, it's awesome. Uh, boom. Talk about the house boom. House bus, indeed. Man, that was some house party. He really rocked the house. Yeah, that's right. That was part of the house uh, b- boom. Was... And, and bus. Yeah, housing boom. That was the housing crash in 2007. Finally, house MD. Those are all the house jokes I have. <laughs> So this is what the oh look at this guy oh he's Zeppo no he's that's the straight man well yeah yeah but he's not a Marx brother but yes look at him he's stiffer than the grand uh, than the babysitter and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead <laughs> he's stiffer than the stiff so what do you say yeah. is he was in Nazi France. And they forced him at gunpoint to fly a plane to South America with all sorts of treasure, like Nazi treasure. But he couldn't uh, do it in good conscience. 
So he dropped his fuel, making himself crash. A ridiculous premise. And he crashed in Casablanca. Why don't you just land the plane? Just land the plane. But no, he crashed in Casablanca. He got arrested. So this is like came back, the treasure was gone. Interesting. So the treasure is somewhere in Casablanca. Right. Now, he threw off the first loot crates. Am I right? Because there was loot in the crates. So the, the loot. How much did it cost? Like the microtransaction. The loot waffa. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what you're saying, but he just crashed the plane. Like he didn't. He got his fuel and dropped his fuel. He didn't. Yeah, he could have just landed. Yeah, he could have just landed. Can you imagine me? Can you pilot a plane with Nazis holding a gun to your head the whole time? Uh, the Nazis weren't in the. Hey, maybe, no, but they forced him to. the Nazis so, were in the plane, the, and that's why he crashed, to make it look like he had no choice. It was an accident. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and this guy is a Nazi, right? He's a... Uh, this guy is a Nazi, and he now has a secret cable from one of his Nazi henchmen. What year is this supposed to be? Is this the same time as the movie Casablanca? I don't think so. I think this is post-war. Oh, look, chili case. Oh, wait, hey, look at that. Now it's in the secret code book. Four on the book. Um, so let's see. A equals B. B equals C. Okay, this is oh. his man. Yeah, his manservant. He he plays a manservant to a Nazi. Yes, Harpo. Now, Harry, we have our first funny joke. He's he's oh, yeah. buffing the shoes. He's uh, polishing the shoes. Shoe shine. I I love this movie. I mean, it's so great just to see him. You know, even if he's like kind of old Harpo or older Harpo. You know, he this was really takes him a little bit longer. This is his last film. This was the Marx Brothers. There was another Marx Brothers film, but they weren't even on the same scenes together. Yeah. Okay. Right, so, yeah, there was, uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. People criticize this like it's the worst Marx Brothers movie. I don't agree. This movie's perfectly fine. They, um, they do all the Marx Brothers things. Look, he puts his vest on inside right. out. Ah, uh, that's a poor investment. Now, which one is Chico? Chico would be the Italian. That's why I figured he would be the manservant. Okay, so in 1946, the Marx Brothers considered themselves retired as a screen team, but brother Chico's ongoing financial difficulties coaxed them back in the studio for a final film. So that's what we're seeing here. Okay. Like, help a brother out. Now, look, he puts on his jacket backwards and puts his hat. <laughs> Max, your hat. <laughs> what? What? Oh, you I thought that was the stick of mine. Oh man! Ouch! Look at it. He's so old; you can see the dust come off him. <laughs> it is an old man. Jeez, even the Three Stooges stopped at that. That's why I like the Three Stooges. They're in their sixties or whatever, and they're just kicking the crap out of each other. Yeah. Oh, he can't be in his 60s huh? here. 
I can. No, you think he's in his fifties? Okay, now this part of the movie sucks. happens here. All right. Whoop! Toupee gone. Whoop! Toupee gone. Ooh, and he's got a scar on his head. Yeah. That's how I lost my merkin. You know, I I lost my merkin that way. Yeah, Don't ask me good. how I had the vacuum cleaner. I lost my merkin too. I was trying to fuck the vacuum. <laughs> I just said that. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's see here. We Harpo both did it. Arpo yeah. Mar. Oh, here's the song. A kiss is not a kiss. That's why I was wondering if this was a Warner Brothers movie, because Warner Brothers always starts their film with that little snippet from Casablanca. Right, yeah. As time rolls by. This is Who's mm -hmm. Sorry Now in French. Oh, all the French people in Casablanca are like, yeah, we. Oui. It's French from Morocco, right? Yeah. Okay, Harpo was born in 1910. So he was 56 years old in 46. Oh, that's not bad. So I am two uh, you know, younger than he is in this film. Oh, right. So it's not that bad. So for, for us, it's like he's the average man now. When my wife kisses it, me, it does come, come off. Like cocaine? No. Dust. Okay, so he lost his ta his a toupee, and therefore he couldn't leave his room because he has this distinguishing scar on his head, and everyone will know he's the famous Nazi Heinrich something. Okay. Oh right, didn't didn't Brad Pitt and uh, Eli Roth carve a swastika on his forehead at the end of the Glorious Bastards? Yeah, that's right. Someday you're going to take that uniform off. Heinrich Stuber. <laughs> oh, he has his evil name on, written on there? How'd you know it was me? It was on your underwear. Okay, here we go. Finally, we get to Chico. That problem. You fool! If you cut that in my forehead, your your superiors will kill you. Nah. I think I'll probably get chewed out. I've been chewed out before. <laughs> oh my God! Look at that—the ball shake. Only a brother could do that. Right. See, they're brothers. Bro even, ethnic hands. Yeah, because otherwise, no other. Not gonna shake your hand under your balls, unless. That was actually uh, pretty dangerous because at, at their age, their balls hung low. That's what I'm saying. They would have gotten in the way of the handshake. Okay, now. The manager of the hotel has died, has been murdered by, you know, every, like, for the last five managers, because Stubel's trying to become the manager. And here comes Groucho, the new manager. Hey, it's Groucho. Now, I don't know why I love their banter. It's always... this is the worst. It's the, they're doing exactly what they always do. Yeah, I always understood that this movie wasn't really known because it was it was so the title was so close to Casablanca, they had gotten sued and it just never really shows up. I first saw it in a box set that I have that has Go West and the big store and that's right. and room service. Has like the shitty post films after this, this one and then Day of the Races and Night of the Opera. 
Yeah. So you know, I, I films too. You know, it's crazy. better that they have races. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Groucho. First of all, they never got sued. They never got sued. It was Groucho who lied and said, "You know that Warner Brothers is suing us," and he wanted. Oh to- no, shit! Groucho. Right. Yeah, there he goes. Hello. Have you seen the new manager? Well, I am the new manager. That's right. You know, I sent an elephant in my pajamas. How I got in my pajamas is because I fucked him before I shot him. Hey, you! That's my question marks. He said, we have assembled the staff to see what you expect of them. Never mind that. Assemble the guests. Oh, uh, then we assemble. Okay. So then he barks out orders, right? He's like, right. okay, you, I want you to mop the floor. Better yet, mop the ceiling. Well, why aren't you mopping the floor and the ceiling? You, make me a grilled cheese sandwich. Better yet, make it a you know, real cheese sandwich. He's like, what do you want to do first? First, I want to rename, renumber all the rooms. And he goes, what? But the guests will love Rock into the wrong rooms. Think of the confusion. He goes, think of the fun. Oh, right. Yeah, they all get it on. He goes... Russia has a lot anyway. He goes, we've got to speed things up around here. He calls in the chef and he goes, if they ask for a three-minute egg, give them it in two minutes. If they ask for a two-minute egg, give it to them in one minute. If they ask for a one-minute egg, give them a chicken and let them figure it out. And if they can't figure it out, I have two more pages of this. <laughs> All right, no, I'm gonna leave. You gonna leave, eh? You want a tip, huh? No, I don't want a tip. I just want to leave. So he was always the yeah. Well, I was just gonna tell you more about this fake lawsuit. I mean, he just did it to uh, to to hype up his movie to have people go see it. Um, he said Groucho responded with a letter asserting that he and his siblings had use of the word brothers, you know, like Mark, Mark's brothers, prior to the establishment right. of Warner Brothers. You know, and so he was going, we're going to go. Uh, oh, so it was, I fell for it. I thought the whole thing was real. Yeah. I don't know, you know, they don't really show this one. I think that's another thing is that you do have a chance to see the Marx Brothers movies, especially like on TCM, but they don't really... Uh... You don't really see this one. No, it's like the the last one and just thrown together to make a little money. But I got to tell you, they do all their standard, like, you're going to see, like what? Like, Chico. Oh, 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 oh. allow me, allow me, allow me. Yeah, Chico's going to walk by. There'll be a piano in, like, some room. Yeah. And Chico's going to walk by. And he's going to be like, oh, and he'll figure pop it a couple times. Right. And then later, like, Harpo will walk by. And there'll be a room with a harp. And he'll be like, oh, yeah. he'll figure pluck it a couple times. And then there'll be Margaret Dumont. But in this movie, we have, an, uh, I guess, a Nazi general or move Margaret Dumont. It's going to be all that stuff. Yeah. It's going to be the, um, like, Chico has, um, Harpo has something very important to tell Chico, but of course Harper doesn't speak, so they gotta play charades. Right, but he makes noises, right? So he'll be like, oh, is it an arrow blade? Right, exactly. And Chico will try to scam Groucho, and you know, it's it's a standard Marx Brothers. Yeah. 
I guess, you know, the, the fable of movies, like, they would always say that they went on tour with it and they just kind of tweaked it until it was a machine and then they just went ahead and re- filmed it. But I don't know. I mean, like, uh, this one's pretty solid. You know, they didn't need to go on the road on this one. Well, Vaudeville made the Marx Brothers own their act, all their stupid jokes. And um, yeah. this was, you know, post, this was like retirement. He's cutting off. If I don't have a toupee on my head, neither do these roses. <laughs> so Groucho threatened legal action against Warner Brothers because their current film was called Night and Day. And he said, that infringes on the titles of our Night at the Opera and Day at the Races. They can't get away with this. Well, I can see, like, if it was the Road to series, you know, like, they should have sued Bob Hope and Vin Crosby should have sued Road to Partition, but that's just me. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's big enough, the way, I mean, they, you knew it was a Marx Brothers movie because the way it was named. Duck Soup wasn't named that way. Monkey Business. I guess it was two-word kind of. What was the other one? Coconut face and yeah. Okay, so they're threatening to have a duel, a sword duel, and he's the greatest swordsman in Bavaria, which is uh, south. Well, that explains like he has fucking real swords on his wall, and he's just like pulling it out and chopping up the furniture. Yeah. Hey. See the funny joke? Oh. He's in an umpire's outfit. Yeah. Protect him. He thinks that's been protect him. Oh, oh, oh. You know how many, Carl, you know how many times he's done this bit? This is the umpteenth time. It's the umpteenth time. Oh, <laughs> good one. Uh, I guess not, but yeah, thanks anyway. Oh, that's a sharp knife. Look at that twisting. Boing. Standard, like, walk five paces, right? So he's going to walk backwards. Right. Ah. He goes, he says Bob Hope is dead. Get over there, you fool! He's not funny. He could just kill him. He was lying. You know, you don't have to have a duel. You could just shoot the guy. <laughs> Umpire's not going to stop that. <laughs> wow. Pretty good. I would put my monocle on after that stunt. Now, usually Harpo would do the, uh, the shtick with, like, Groucho, right, and Duck Soup, they were the mirror. But this he's just doing this with this guy, and the, the guy's doing all right. They're holding up. He's a good partner with Harpo Marks. Yeah, you know, we won't see the bit where Harpo's in front of a bunch of children. Oh, right. Oh, God, that's like... You ever seen Night of the Opera where they're on the boat and they're going to go over to uh, the opera on the boat and uh, Chico just happens to be on a uh, deck where everyone's Italian and they just happen to be a piano and they just happen to be like six children by the piano. He's like, oh, let me play you a song, kids. No, but Harpo's the one who's like, children love him. Like, he's like a clown. Right, yeah. Well, he would drop Silverware, too, like in several movies. Now look, what is he at the end? Dice. Hey, yeah, because he's on the ground. Oh my God, that's an old joke. Now, 
But he has those props. He tires out. He just tires the guy out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is in my audience now on Zoom. What if he ate the wrong prop? Would he die? Like he rolled the apple and ate the dice? Okay, so the toupee is missing. So she's going to go to the lost and found Beatrice to see, Um, to find out if it's there. Because the Nazi's stuck in his room, Stubel. Why can't he just wear a a cap, a Casablanca Fez? Casablanca. Right. She's like an hourglass. Just wear a hat. I guess you weren't allowed inside. So... He that has, was a very funny he thing. A scary he, um, ran, he was scared of the beautiful woman. Uh, I'll give you a light. Better yet, uh, you give me the light. Better yet, let's open the window. Better yet. He's going, how is it down on the other end? <laughs> so now they smoke each other out, and he says, this yeah. is like living in Pittsburgh. If you call that, I pay good money. We should flag this on YouTube. It's a smoking fetish video, right? But this is before he grew a real mustache, right? Because when he became older, he had like a real mustache. It wasn't a grease paint. Yeah, like when you would do the um, get uh, talk your show. show no. mm-hmm. Yeah, you get your life. Or best of Groucho as it was on syndication. He, she goes, I you know Beatrice. I stop at the hotel. I am Groucho. I stop at nothing. Now they're at the lost oh and found. No, they're lost and found. He uh you bet your life, you know, Groucho Marx was friends with Alice Cooper. And they put, oh. they were photographed together like but I was watching You Bet Your Life, and one of the contestants was this older woman named Alice Cooper. Isn't that strange? I guess it's bound to happen. Okay, listen to this. Yeah, I know. Did you hear that? He goes, you know, I, I, miss- I think you might be the most beautiful woman in the world. She goes, really? And he goes, no. But I don't mind lying if it'll get me somewhere. Wink, wink. Yeah, he's really dirty now. So for a fifty-six-year-old, he's pretty filthy. Yes, absolutely. It's always implied, and um, later he will deny guests a room because they don't have a marriage certificate. Like, because the world was pretty prim and proper. So she has done her job. She has discovered that in the lost and found is. You see how she walked and her butt went back and forth? Groucho just said, that reminds me, I have to fix my watch. Hourglass figure, but he said that to us, the audience, to the camera. Yeah, you don't like that. Watch him make fun of, Harpo make fun of her. Wow, how I... Uh, He just killed my my heart on a smoke fetish. Now, his hair is natural here. Most of the time, he's got a wig on. Interesting. Uh, He looks pretty good. Yeah. Oh, look at that monocle joke. This is 1946? Yeah. 
Today we would have a stereotype joke. Now, wait, yeah. here is Who's Sorry Now? And they're pretending the audience is singing, but it's obviously a chorus. Actually, I, I hear a different song. Hey, now, somebody once told me. Sing along if you know the words. You're I'm right. not the sharpest. Now, Why I you got to be so rude? song. But this song actually um, was like made in the 20s and so many people have recorded it. Interesting. So it would be like a, a traditional song, like you would, you would be able to sing it to a crowd of Casablanca in the 40s. Right, and everyone would know it. So it was published in 1923 and some guy named Isham Jones took it to the number three on the top hit list. But also in 1923, were one, two, three, four other people recorded the same song. Something you don't so, see yeah. these days. But you can't get away with it now. You can kind of, I mean, you know, were they like, were they trying to rip off a hit song by just recording their own version? Like, no, look at that. Back then, like, someone would write a song and everyone would take a stab at it. Um, in there was a version okay. in 1945. There was a version by Harry James in 45, released in 46. So maybe it was, I don't know. Somehow that song got bought for this uh, for this movie. Interesting. Okay, now this guy has in information on how to look ugly. Um, his information is like what. German might wear a toupee in the hotel. And he's like, you have to give me a couple hundred francs for that, monsieur. What kind of weird question? Oh, yeah, look at Stiffy. Wait. Oh, and Harper's wearing a top. So here's one of my favorite scenes, probably my favorite scene uh, or segment. He needs money you know pierre needs a couple hundred francs and he's broke so chico wants to come up with money uh and the re the they see the maitre d he goes no i'm not like that come on you he sees the maitre d get tipped oh, and give a table to someone so he's like if everybody tips us for tables he goes i got it a good idea I love how a Jewish guy imitates an Italian guy. I just, it just never stops amazing me. Oh yeah, there you go. He was, he's Jewish, he was Jewish? Yeah, but he's always like Chico, or you know, I'm Castanetti, or whatever his name is today. So there was one time, oh, uh, I forget which movie it was, uh, Groucho was showing him a map of where they were going to build houses and the, it was down by like the levees, right? So he goes, here it is right, uh -huh. my good man, down by the levees. And so Chico goes, oh, it's a Jewish neighborhood. Right, down by the levees. 
Yeah, once in a while, Grasso will slip that in. Is that the one? It's like coconut something. I wish I knew my shit better before I got on air. But, oh, coconut, uh, something like that. It was the housing boom. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, that's a great one. That's the one with the sanity clause. Yes, and okay, so Groucho, I don't know if he did it on purpose to get rid of the Count, who's really the Nazi Stubel, but he spilled, he, he looked at the camera again. You You hate that. Yeah, second time. No, that's why. Listen, if you're Eddie Murphy in his trading places, that is fine. No problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I guess Groucho can get away with it. Yeah, he's being somewhere in. I'll have what she's having. Better yet, I'll have her. But yeah. Well, he, he she goes. She goes. I'm thirsty, and he goes. What are you having? And she goes. Champagne. He goes. Waiter, waiter. He says, Get her a cheese sandwich. Put the get bill it to her. I don't get that. He's like, do you rumba? I don't, but I'll walk around. He goes, he gives her the cigar and goes, hold this till I get back. Now he's like, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. Now see, they're, I mean, it's all... they're continuing to populate the dance floor with tables and seating people for money. They don't even work here. Thank God the tables were there. <laughs> oh yeah so it was for Groucho goes like like I can remember when this was all farmland you know Groucho goes I remember I could remember when this was all dance floor oh the umpteenth time he goes uh, they have an excellent floor show here too bad they don't have a floor see look at how the bowl this is like a good time like in Goodfellas, where uh, he gets his own ta- uh, table, like they bring him to the back. Right, right. Yeah, I got a flaw. How I got in my pajamas? It's because I paid him for sexual favors. Look, only Groucho oh, Grouch. dancing. So he just kicked the Nazi. First off, that Nazi has a big fucking scar on his face. Like that, that's pretty noticeable. Uh-huh. Let alone on his forehead. Yes. On his bold spot. He's known to be bold and has a scar on his face. So if you meet a guy with a toupee with a scar on his face, don't think, oh, look, hey, Chico, I noticed you were walking by a piano. Do you mind to play? Right. Not exactly right, Mike. See, the guy's like, hey, I got to make a phone call. Would you sit in for me? A phone call. I'm calling Water Brothers. I'll let it. I'll call it fucking Humphrey Bogart. Calling Sam. Watch how he throws the baton. Holy shit! He nearly hit the trumpet player. <laughs> the trumpet player is like, I'm gonna fucking kill you, Chico. Look at that hate. That stare he's giving. What's he yeah, playing? You know the song. Um... We'll roll out the barrel and we'll have a barrel of fun. That's what he's actually playing, but he doesn't really play that melody till the way end. Oh, I think I know the word. Roll out uh, the barrel. Make sure there's no monkeys in there. Yeah, if there are monkeys. Now look at his face. We'll get not sick. Yeah, I know. I love it. I love it. This, but and I love, like, what I see is this is a typical Marx Brothers film. This 
There's nothing different here about this film except that they did it sort of like they just threw it together and did it last minute. But it's a it's your it's is everything the Marx Brothers promises you. I don't know why the yeah. internet thinks it's so. You know, it gets lumped. In, it gets lumped in like with all their later works or the crappy films. You know, which are kind of the same, one of the same. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, because I, I think Night of the Opera is probably my my favorite. I mean, I love du- Duck Soup's great. Duck Soup, yeah. yeah. Duck Soup's great. Flawless, that movie. Oh, hey, look, his buddy's back. He's on the second piano. Because that was the second piano. The joke of this song is they're all bouncing together. Oh, yeah. Come see Night in Casablanca. Chico has not one but two pianos. I'm going to walk by two pianos. Are there two harps in this movie? Just the one harp. Yeah. I know why there is a two of harps. I mean, they didn't want to, you know, I that would be, you, did, you don't want to harp on it. Well, you know, two of harps, there are two harps that beat as one. <laughs> you too? Yeah. Two of harps, you know, you too. Two uh, harps. <laughs> beat as You can one. see it in Chico's. Locks, I don't know. You can see the money like Chico's going to make in his eyes. He's like, I just got to do this number and my debts are paid. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so Beatrice said, why can't we be alone? And he goes, if I didn't know the sound of your voice, I would swear that I said that. (laughs) So she goes, meet meet me on the corner of La Rue, blah, blah, and La Rue. Right? So that's where Groucho went off to. That's says dirty. Rue Lafayette. These guys are like. So oh, yeah. Comes... Rooming Street. Look, he's all fucked. Wow. Because he got, tried to get somebody, a car tried to hit him. You know, he's a fucking meth cooker, is what happened. His lab blew up. Makes sense. That's why I talk a million miles an hour. Yeah. I'm covered in it. He goes. Right, because they've been. He goes. A, a car tried to hit me. Then it tried to hit me again. Then I went up a, a palm tree and it hit the palm tree. You know, it's like. Yeah. Well, that must be a bad ride. Oh, so they were trying to kill Groucho. Yes, they were. He's the manager. They are always trying to kill the manager. So Stubel can become the manager. And we don't know why, but I'll just ruin it for you. The, the treasure is hidden in the hotel. And the manager, of course, no. will have access to everything. Now, how many movies did they did in a fucking hotel, right? There was uh, Room Service. There was Coconut Grove. There was this one. I really don't know, but it's a very familiar setting for them. Now, Harpo is overhearing that they're going to try to kill Corn Blue, which is Groucho, the manager. They're going to try to kill him. Bro, have you seen uh, Rob Zombie's uh, Devil Rejects? Or uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. No. It has this, like, murder. There's a murder family. I wouldn't recommend the film, but they are named after uh, uh, Groucho Marx characters. Oh. So there's, like, Firefly. And... 
Otis Driftwood and Captain Spaulding, but they're like cruel serial killers. Yeah. But in the second Not movie, interested. in Devil's Reject, there's like a 70s TV. Uh, oh, they're doing the stick, you're telling. Yeah, it's the charades. The strip. So he's super, oh, this is where he makes a Chinese joke, right? He goes, uh, uh, Chinese, he goes, chop suey, rice. Uh, yes, actually. I remember yes. this. Yeah, I do remember that. He's trying to say surprise. And he goes, soup, oh, rice. soup rice. Soup rice. Oh, you got a surprise. Hey. Oh, my God. This thing goes on forever. It does. What's the message? What's the trade? How many words? 115. Fuck. This is going to take forever. <laughs> <laughs> but he makes noises, right? Like, he can make, like, barking noises. Why can't he just say, you know... They're going to try to kill Groucho. Write it down. Uh, All my debts will be wiped away after this bit. Yeah, that's right. All I got to do is ask you who's a room and then pay my debts. Hey! Third base. Sorry, I wasn't listening. It makes him say, I don't know, who? Who? Twist. Every dollar of it. B twist. B-twist, 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 B-twist! Oh, my God. There's the dog sounds. This is more... Pekingese. Doglet. Pekingese. Oh, Pekingese. I was going to say dog leg. Like, it was a golf. Wait. Okay, for $20,000, we're on the final one. Is that your final answer? <laughs> Yeah, we need, like, Rob Lowe to host this. Oh, I'm so sorry. The flower. It's a smack. Oh, my God. This is a... Well, this is the length of the show right here, the sketch. Our show is normally two hours. I blame this this routine. <laughs> yeah. Shut up your face. What's the matter, you? Hey. Hey, God, no respect. Hey. Hey. What you gonna do? Hey, what you gonna say? Ah, shut up. Ah, shut up your face. <laughs> it's a not so bad. It's a nicer place. Ah, shut up your face. So. That guy wasn't even Italian. Oh, here we go. Here's uh, does he even know he's playing with uh, against the Nazi? He goes, boy. He goes, reserve me a plane seat to Tunis. And he goes, oh, there's beautiful women in Tunis. He goes, I'm not interested in beautiful women. And he goes, oh, you should see some of the women I've dated then. Oh, I got you right. So he goes, oh, no, boss, he's got something to tell you. So he's doing all of that stuff. Super fast. Yeah. It's the, all three of them are on the same screen. Come back, Groucho. Oh, there they are. They're three things. Now, come back, Harpo. This is like the moment in Heat where Al Pacino and Robert De Niro are on the same screen, on the same, you know, screen. You go, yeah, they're all together. He just made fun of his hat, you see. 
He goes, they're going to kill you. It's all over the chow tell. He goes, why don't they tell me these things? He goes, I don't mind dying, but I just resent having to hear it from a guy with a p whose head comes to a point. Oh, yeah. What kind of hat is that? Is that like a pork? I mean, it's, for, to me, it's always going to be a Chico hat. But I, I know it has a certain name to it. Well, I'm sure. Pork, is it a pork pot? Look it up. But I'm sure it's like, you know, in the 20s and 30s, it was some stereotypical Italian hat. Oh, right. I got you. I wear it every night in vaudeville. People loved it. Ooh, look at that wife. Oh, uh, you know Harper's going to eat that fucking candle. Yeah, he does. And he does the finger. Okay, so what happens here is he, you know, Harpo's hungry. So Chico's like, boss, your food could be poisoned. You need a guinea pig. He goes, I'm going to eat my steak. Right. You can have the guinea pig. Well, I think they take a go down south. Oh, why would you go down south? My meth lab blew up in the last scene. I said a car hit me. Oh, yeah, look at that meat. He goes, you oh, eating steak. And he goes, that is me steak. And I want to eat it. Oh, there we go. I guess I don't keep kosher. They made his hair super curly. His hair is just a normal straight hair. But he didn't wear right. a wig, and they made his hair super curly. So he would always wear a wig, but in this film, they just curled out his hair. Yeah. They gave him a perm. Here's your, uh, he puts the flame on his Yeah. yeah. Nice. You know, they were talking about uh, Buster Keaton, and Buster Keaton sold a bunch of his gags to Marx Brothers. So the oh. scene where Harpo is in Night of the Opera, where he's tearing down the, the backdrops, that was from an old uh, Harold Lloyd film. I don't know where this joke came from. Probably a caveman, the giant cork. Yeah. Big Fred Flintstone sold him that. And so there's so much cork glutch, there's no champagne in it. There was no room. Crash oh. just gets sick of his ass. Oh, no. That's like one of those old-style telephones. Not that, conversation. Right? It was a regular old modern telephone. It was a salty call. See, it's very classic Mother, Marx Brothers here. Well, They're giving us what we yeah. pay for. Oh, gross. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's right. They touch each other's balls and they kiss each other in the mouth. Now look, I paid for that. His foot is like a. Watch, see, oh, yeah, the Marx Brother film. Right. Oh, it's like an ashtray. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I know that foot from Yellow Submarine. Now that was the typical girl running away from him, but he didn't chase. Right. Did you ever see The Man Who Came to Dinner? It was from the 30s, and it was based on a radio play or what have you, or a play, and uh, it's about a theater critic who gets stuck in this house, and he won't leave. He's like the guest that won't leave. Mm -hmm. And he brings over his friend, and his friend is like Harpo Marx, but it's played by Jimmy Durante. So it's Jimmy Durante, he has Harpo Marx, and he's chasing women around. He talks. He's off camera, but he's like 
you know, he does the leg bend and he chases, he sees a woman and he drops everything and runs, chases after them. Watch, he's like offended. <laughs> oh, it's a zoo. It's, it is a hotel, motel, right? Casablanca. It's a hotel, but so <laughs> they don't have any bags. So he's like, they, he thinks they're just there to screw. I, he doesn't really. I, I don't know what's going on here. He's just teasing, I guess. But he wants to see their marriage license. It's funny. Goes, well, you know, if they if that couple wanted to go to the uh, Notel Motel in Casablanca, I would recommend the Spray It Again Sam Motel. Say it again, Sam. Spray it again. Spray. Oh, why? I we never have sex. Yeah, there you go. The marriage license. Okay, so they want to kill him. So Beatrice is going to lure him to his her room. Right. She's also a Nazi, a Nazi singer. She's a Nazi sympathizer. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't know if she's a Nazi. I mean, uh, well, this is you know, sides to the reverse. Party were they? I mean. They weren't soldiers. I don't know. I never saw Casablanca. I saw Casablanca like years ago. Let's put it that way. Like that's nuts. You've got to see it. I've seen it. I've seen it once. Our friend Tom, he loved that movie. He had all these posters and uh, pictures of Humphrey Bogart, and he yeah, knew it by heart. You know what? Tom. Uh, it's almost like he was showing off, like. That movie's supposed well, to be a great movie, so he was like, yeah, I love it. I don't know. Yeah, but also, I mean, how old was he? He was, he was pretty young. I mean, we, yes, were in our, right. we were teenagers, so, you know, we all had our passions. I thought, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I thought I liked. I liked Abby Hoffman. I thought he was kind of a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have wise, I don't know. between the fifth and sixth floor, so he can't go to Beatrice's room because he's stuck. So he says, oh, no. you go out there and get help. So Harpo Does he think it's ironic? Discovery. He... Yeah. Oh, so he's going to find the loot, I guess, the loot crate. Oh, there it is, the loot crate entrance. Right. In video games, you can, you can, there's something called loot crates that you pay for with real money. And it, it's a gambling game where it offers you like a rare weapon. Could offer you. Hey, there it is. Right. Called Bob Babadan and uh, now we'll what, did you ever see that George Clooney movie we'll, where it's... we'll see the shadow of one of the cast members soon, one of the off-screen okay. people. Oh, like a by accident? Yeah. Ooh, real gold. That must have cost him a lot of to the scene. Just to do the set, right? We uh, thought. Um, we thought buying 1936 magazines for um, Little Miss Marker was a block of money. <laughs> yeah, this is too much it is. Hey, he found a harp. 
Another harp, two harps. Good harpsichordist. He's killing it. You know, I love Harpo. This is great. It's the thing is, is like you know, you've seen all the other movies so many times, but you don't really see this one as much. Wow, he's just—he doesn't care that it's looted art. He'll just fuck with it. George Clooney directed a bunch of movies, Carl. He directed a movie uh, about American soldiers reclaiming uh, stolen loot from the Nazis. With Bill I don't Murray I and Monuments yeah, Man. Bob. Monuments Man. Well, I can't. I'm sure it was very memorable, even though I can't even remember the name. I wonder if they found a harp and then, like, Bill Murray played it. Why you gotta be so rude? Don't you know I'm human, too? This movie was originally going to be a complete and 100% spoof on Casablanca. Really? That's interesting, because Casablanca came out, what, like, two years prior? Uh, 42, so four years prior. Oh, so prior. years. That's right, it, it happened during the war, I remember that. Now, I was there. Marx Brothers financed this movie themselves. Did they get their money back? Uh, I don't know. Chico's probably like, I still have debt. Couldn't he play the harp better in that movie? Now, he plays a classical song and then he jazzes it up. Yeah. Do you know the classical song? It goes... He does that, but he jazzes it up. Oh, I actually know that song from what you sang to me. It's my ringtone. <laughs> I actually listen to my phone. I was going to hang up. I thought I wasn't going to answer. I thought it was my mom. There you go, yeah. Now, the harp isn't the most difficult thing in the world. Like any other instrument, you learn it. Um, but he is very talented, you know? Um, the harp is right. sort of like... If you had a piano, the guts of a piano standing up straight. So... Each note is, each string is its own note. You know, he's very talented. It's, people look at the harp and they're like, oh, I could never do that. You can. There, It's even color coordinated, you know. Uh, if you took harp lessons, you could get it. But uh, he's very good. Well, I think it's that you can, like, it's not like you could walk into, like, this guitar center and put down a, a layaway plan for a harp. No. You know, either you have a harp or you don't have a harp. Right. Tuning unless, in. I mean, unless someone, I mean, at what point do you go, let's get a harp, and you're like, okay, son, you better fucking commit to this goddamn harp, otherwise I got to put it in the closet with the piano and the, uh, uh, the theremin. Look. I don't want to play harp anymore, I want to play theremin. Theremin's oh. great. That spooky sounding, I own a theremin, I've never turned it on. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, Carl, can I tell you a really funny story? Okay. Years ago at a movie theater that closed, but there was a documentary in the 90s called Theremin. And it was about the theremin and talked about Lost Weekend and talked about all the science fiction movies and talks about the guy and the the weird history of this guy and with the Russians. And uh, the movie theater had promised a live theremin player called, I think it was like Nickelback Theater or something like that. Okay. But this man was going to play the theremin afterwards. So this whole movie on spools and everyone was like really enchanted by the whole like mystique of the the creator and the music and the the pop culture influence. And at the end of the movie, this guy comes in and with his theorem and he puts it right in front of the screen. Within 30 seconds of playing, half the audience has left. Really? Like the guy was like, yeah, like the whole audience left. Like they were so psyched at hearing about this, this musical instrument. And then when the guy actually played it, everyone just walked out. That's... Like he was doing like noise type of stuff. But I, I, I watched the whole thing. I liked it. Oh, boy. This time I'll walk. Yeah. I'll climb up the stairs. Now, Chico knows because Harpo told him they're trying to kill him. So this whole segment... Chico will interrupt and cause trouble trying to be his bodyguard, you know? So All right. the ruse is uh, Heinrich is going to come, you know, the Count is going to come through the door and find Groucho and pretend to be jealous fiancé and kill him. And then they'll say it was self-defense or some such thing. So he keeps showing up, but they've changed rooms. And where's Chico? Chico? He's going to show up right... Yeah, he's going to yeah. knock on the door and stuff like that. So he'll be like, yeah, so uh, let's have sex. Okay. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, uh, I'm here to have sex. Oh, there's the Pekingese. Right. Or as I like to say, whoop. You got a Pekingese? Oh. Yeah. See? He goes, up, boss. You got a girl in there. Yeah, right. Let me in. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... He would always play against, like, Margaret Dumont, like, the upper-crust woman, like, who just, oh, yeah. you know, he would kind of... But she was never a Nazi sympathizer. No, she was always just the, oh, my goodness, lady, you know, the... Yeah. Shocked. Well, a lot of times, like, in Duck Soup, she's always, like, kind of bemused, you know, like, obviously, he's taking advantage of her, but she just, you know, she's charmed by the whole thing. Yes. Like, I, I ultimately think it's... But this one is, like, you know... I guess in Casablanca, in the movie, like the there's no really good guy or bad guy. It's kind of blurred, so that maybe that's why. What in this film? The comedy dynamic. Really good and well, bad in, guy. in the actual Casablanca. Oh, uh, no, there is actual good and bad guys, right? Um, I don't know. I saw it once. I saw it in film class. Okay, I audited so, the film class and watched it. Uh, Ig, Ig, Ingrid Bergman 
is trying to help her husband who's helping the cause of the war, okay? So in a sense, he's a bad guy to Sam, but at the same time, Sam overcomes his own personal, uh, I don't know what the word is, to go for the greater good. So the guy's not an enemy in the end. So it is complicated, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it is. Oh my God! What a word dog. Hey boss, you got a girl in there? <laughs> Yeah, I tell you, at the worst time, Shika's always knocking at the door. <laughs> hey, did we get paid up front for this movie? Chico, not now. This movie was about money. As a matter of fact, I don't know who offered him, but Harpo was offered 50 grand. Remember, in 1946 money, so that would be about a half a million dollars, to utter the single word murder in this film. Presumably to add publicity value to the film, having him speak only the only time on screen. Harpo declined the offer and never spoke publicly until a concert one year before his death. Well, he he, he had a famous uh, there's a famous book called Harpo Speaks, written by his son, uh, that that kind of paints like a very yeah, a very nice portrait of his of his father and. Uh, a lot of people kind of learned about Harpo that way, you know, and there's also the Groucho letters, which I never read, but I read the Harpo book years ago. And uh, there's always like, there's always cool film books with the Har with the Marsh brothers, you know, always like black and white photos or just like the original title cards and then kind of vaudeville photos and stuff like that. Like if you dig around and use book story, I'm sure you're going to find like some out of print Marsh brothers book scripts, why a duck. Right. Yeah. That's good that Mark oh, what I mean was known. I saw some footage of him with his family and he was super old, like seventy or something, and he was still funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean uh they all kinda held up pretty well. Yeah. I guess it's good for Zeppo. Were you a fan of Zeppo? Like when there was the four Marx brothers? Great man. He would always have the romance, like the, whoever, whatever girl he was courting would always last her at the end. Right, and he'd be a beautiful singer. So Harpo found five bucks 